Good afternoon from New York. We're coming on the air with breaking news, very sad news to tell the sports world. The L.A. Times is reporting that retired Los Angeles Lakers basketball star Kobe Bryant has been killed in a helicopter crash. It happened this morning. The chopper reportedly went down just before 10 a.m. local time, according to fire, uh, the fire department out there in Calabasas, California. Breaking news in this Sunday afternoon, five-time NBA champion, former league MVP Kobe Bryant died earlier this afternoon in Los Angeles in a helicopter crash. News reports are just coming in. Oh, my God. I mean, I was uh, outside playing with my son, and I just saw an alert. And I, everyone I called, you know, you, you get um, quick, quick voicemails, and people close to him are, are in absolute shock right now. And it's, you know, it's... I can't even process it. I'm, I live 10 minutes away from the scene, guys, and I, I can't even re remember how to drive there. What's up, folks? Um, I want to take this episode and create space for process. Here's what I mean when I say that. This entire episode will be about the space that we need as human beings to make sense of things that don't make sense that happen in our world. And I think all of us that are of a certain age like can remember where we were when certain things happened. Like I will never forget where I was on 9-11 when the Twin Towers fell. I, I know where I was. I was driving a truck for a living. I remember the route I was on. I remember what truck I was in. I remember that I was going to a Walmart. I, I, I remember the feelings that I had, the, the, the fear, the anxiety, the, the wonder, the all of those things. I, I remember watching television and, and, and going to different news networks to see what was going on. I, I can remember what it felt like in America for people. People were going to church and everyone was kind of really contemplative about what it meant to be human or what it means to be human. I remember how everyone was trying to come together and that for at least a brief moment, we all forgot our differences. And everyone was just proud to be American. At least that was the grander story. I know that there's always darker sides of the story where people are, whatever it is, that there's always, but the, the grander story, the biggest picture takeaway that I remember from that is that people were coming together. And I can't tell you that I remember where I was when Michael Jackson passed away or when Whitney Houston passed away or, or Prince or Muhammad Ali or Princess Diana or Robin Williams, any of these larger than life figures who passed away, I don't know where I was at. I don't know what, what I felt when I heard, but I can tell you now that I will never forget where I was when I found out about Kobe Bryant and Gigi. I was here in Southern California where I'm at doing some work. I was singing at a friend's church 
and I was in the back after singing. And I picked up my phone and I had all these alerts. And I, and I looked down and the first text message I opened, it just said, Kobe. And I was like, Kobe, what, what? That's weird. Like, like I, I had just been talking about Kobe earlier in the day with people, which is weird because I don't often talk about Kobe. I mean, when Kobe was playing basketball, I'd have the Kobe versus LeBron argument all the time. But it had been a while since I had that argument. And this particular morning, I was back at that argument. And we were, we were talking about Kobe, and I got this text that just said Kobe. And it was weird. I'm like, what is, why is everybody talking about Kobe? What is this? And then I, I saw some other texts from people, and I started to wonder, what's going on with Kobe? Like, what's the news? And, and I opened up the Twitter app, and I looked. And I saw a tweet from a friend that said, this can't be true. And then my heart starts to race. And, and you get that feeling. I had that feeling that I had when my brother called me to tell me that my dad had passed. It was that same feeling I had. And, and, and I'm frantically looking on Twitter and, and going to like the, the, to, um, uh, the internet to see like what's the news about Kobe and there wasn't a lot of news at all. There was what looked like to be rumor. And then slowly but surely news started coming in that Kobe Bryant had passed with his daughter in a helicopter accident. Not far from where I'm at right now. And even saying it out loud now my heart is like so like filled with sadness as if Kobe was like a friend or a a, a family member. I, I've said to people, to me, it, it felt like a family member died. And I, I was like walking around at this church after hearing the news and I, I couldn't think straight. I, I was like in a fog. And I was just so deeply sad. I had a friend of mine yesterday ask the question or, or, or express that we, he didn't quite understand why we feel such an attachment to someone that we didn't know. And I think there's a part of of, of any of us who grieve people we don't know, people who are celebrity types, larger than life, personalities or actors, actresses, athletes, that there's probably a part, a small part of us that feels ashamed of that fact. And I think that like, if you're a person who is grieving Kobe Bryant today, You should not feel shame for that. You should listen to your emotions. There's a um, saying, if you like do CrossFit or any sort of like physical exercise that involves moving weight around, that I've heard people say, and they've said it to me, you know, back when I was actually working out, I should get back in the gym, which is a conversation for another day. But I... um. I would hear this phrase, listen to your body. Listen to your body. 
you know, even when you're playing sports and you get past a certain age, you know, there's this idea people will say, listen to your body. And I think that same advice should apply to our emotions. When our emotions are telling us that something is grievous or sad, we shouldn't try to shame ourselves out of feeling the thing because we think it's disproportionate to our relationship or to the magnitude. I think we should listen to our feelings. I think if we sit long enough and, and go, why do I feel this sadness that I feel? If I ask, if I can answer the question for myself, if I sit long enough with it, and I have at this point, to answer the question, why did Kobe Bryant and his daughter, who I had never met, affect me so deeply? Why did it feel the same as my own dad passing? And there's a lot of reasons, and I want to share these reasons because many of us probably have these reasons in common. The first one, we won't all have in common, but it's a really important one for me to say out loud. I'm a black 41-year-old father of daughters. And for me, when I see a black man fathering, being a family person, being committed to being there for his family, I feel attached to that person. I feel like me and him come from the same tribe. When I saw the clip of L. Duncan talking about Kobe being a girl dad and being proud of that and that being his legacy, she named for me exactly what I felt was that Kobe Bryant, this larger-than-life figure who was known to be tough as nails and the most fierce competitor of our generation, the fact that he was a girl dad and loved his daughters, and the fact that he went down with one of his daughters instantly just made me feel like someone from my tribe, my family, my people, was gone. And you don't just have to be a black father to feel that. If you're a black person, you saw Kobe's first act as an athlete being at the top of his game and, and pressing and working hard and being true to himself and encouraging all of us to do the same. And we were just starting to watch Kobe ascend beyond that to another place because if we're we as black folks know that our accolades as athletes our physical talent our ability to do things like that has always been celebrated in america but his next act was him using his ingenuity his creativity his mind his leadership his ability to understand business and and make moves that are strategic, those are the things that at times, even still today in America, it feels like black folks have to prove that we can do those things. And we had an icon who was proving to the world once again that black folks are excellent, that we are smart, that we are creative, that we can create, that we can dream, and we can 
give the world gifts that come from our minds and not just our bodies. And we lost someone who was proving yet again the absolute magic and wonder of black folks, whose daughter was about to be great. And we lost that. Every one of us who is a human being also lost something when, if we've grown up watching Kobe Bryant play basketball and, and started to watch him parent his, his family, lead his family, be a husband to his wife, father to his children, every one of us feels a sense of loss. And it's sad. And it sucks. And it makes us ask why. And it makes many of us out there who were already teetering about the God stuff, how could there be a God? And let this, these families, not just Kobe, but the other families on that helicopter die in such a freak accidental way. And to that question, I say, yes, incredible question. Great question. Ask it again. Talk about it with someone else. The God question is a big one right now, and it needs to be asked. And I will not sit here on my podcast and dishonor you by trying to convince you one way or another about the God question. It's too big. When it emerges from what I just described, it's too big for me to dishonor you by trying to explain it in some way that you can wrap logic around. It's a massive question, and you should be asking it. You know, I, I'm not far from the Kobe Bryant estate in Newport Beach, where I'm at currently, I'm visiting with some friends, there's a wedding I'm going to. I already told you I was saying at a church and some other things I was doing down in Southern California. And my friend lives uh, in this neighborhood that's not far from Kobe. So we were driving around. He said, do you want to go up? And I said, yeah, I'd love to. You know, we, we, thought, we, we thought there would be a lot of like police and security keeping people from driving up to um, the, the home. And we get up to the top of the hill and as we drive up, I can see, or we both can see, there's balloons and flowers and people standing out. People standing outside, just outside of the gated community that Kobe's family lives in. And we got out of the car, we walked over to this area, this, this grassy area that was there on Saturday. And all the Saturdays before this past Sunday, that I imagine people really didn't pay attention to that much unless they were picking up what their dog left there, if they were walking their dog. I imagine people probably spit in it, or it's just, it's a patch of grass, is what people do in grass. But something changed about this patch of grass on this day. I saw people leaving basketballs and shoes and jerseys and posters and, 
and flowers. And what I watched people do, they, they would take pictures, but they would walk onto the grass. They would leave whatever they wanted to leave there. They'd have their moment. They would pray. They would do the, the cross symbol on their forehead and across their chest. And then they would step off of the grass. It was like nobody dared to stand on that grass. And no one dared to talk too loud. In fact, my friend and I thought about, should we do a video for people who aren't here where we're, where we're praying for Vanessa and the family since we're this close and, and allow people to join in in that moment? And, and it just never materialized because some things are just too sacred to be shared. And we ultimately realize it's too sacred of a moment. It's too divine. And it's hard to say divine when it's something dark because we don't expect dark things to be divine. We don't expect for grief to be divine. We don't expect for sorrow to be divine. But the reason I call it divine is because it is so far beyond human grasping. We've been trying to grasp at grief and sorrow for so long. And there's all of these people with different takes on how you're supposed to grieve. Some people will try to like just celebrate it away and laugh and smile and, 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 and I'm okay and everything's fine. And other people are just allow themselves to be deeply sorrowful, which is the side that I fall on. But there's something beyond our human reach about death. And I think when we first heard the news about Kobe, I think a lot of us probably felt the same thing I did. It was like, no way, not Kobe. There was something that seemed invincible about Kobe. Maybe I thought his, his wealth and popularity and fame that like the world would just not allow him to be gone. And one of the richest, most famous, popular iconic figures in the history of the world died. Which means there's something beyond our human control about birth and death. We can't control it. That space that like humans can't control I don't care what you call it. And this is not the answer to the God question, because there's so many more questions about God. But that space between what human beings can control and what they can't is divine. It's God. It's bigger than us. And I watched a bunch of people who didn't know each other honor that space outside of Kobe Bryant's estate, outside the neighborhood where they were creating a vigil that no one asked them to do. It wasn't sanctioned by anyone. It wasn't commanded by anyone. There was no law that said you have to do this other than our the, the human response to something tragic happened, and I just want to honor it. I just want to honor the memory of 
Gigi and Kobe. And I want to honor the memory, memory of Gigi and Kobe by saying to all of the fellow girl dads out there, let's be proud of that. Like I am so deeply proud to be the father of my daughters. To know that like I get to be their dad. And I never had a son. And can we stop saying to each other when we find out that someone has two or three or four girls, are you going to keep trying for a boy as if the pinnacle of bringing life into the world is having a male child? And I know that people mean well. We've all, I've said it. We've all meant well when we've said those things. But I think there's something to the legacy of Kobe leaving us this girl dad idea that we can celebrate girls, daughters on their own merit, without them having to hear us wish that they were a son. I'm grateful that none of my daughters were sons because I got the gift of being a girl dad. And I think that's the greatest legacy that Kobe left us. It was the legacy of being proud to be a dad to daughters. And if you see a girl dad out there and you see him with his daughters or his daughter, you can like walk up to him, give him a fist bump or like a high five or whatever and just say, yes, I see you. Not because it's hard or because they're doing some like super heroic thing, but just because it, it honors the legacy of Kobe Bryant, but it also honors something way bigger than that, which is this idea of empowering our daughters to to know that they also are superheroes and you'll hear from my daughters uh, on on um an episode in the future been trying i guess i'll give it away now i tweeted a while back that i finally got um the guest that i wanted to have on my podcast forever to finally agree to come on, and those were my daughters. And I want you to hear from them. I want you to hear their voices. And I can't wait for you to hear it. I'm so looking forward to you hearing it. I don't even know if I should have told you to expect it, because they might be like, I don't want to do it after all. It's unlikely, but still. Let's um, let ourselves feel all the grief that we feel. Let's let ourselves be human. Let's listen to our emotions and not try to manipulate ourselves into feeling things that we don't feel. Let yourself be sad. You didn't have to know Kobe to be sad. Let's just give each other permission to be human and not have to try to be something greater than that because greater than that is beyond our reach. We can't control it and we can't become it but we can sit in our own fragile, weak, limited humanity and recognize the beauty of that. And that reality that we are frail and weak and limited is a reminder that there is something more divine, bigger, 
better, more durable than we are. And that's also beautiful. The virtues, the reason why people have felt so compelled to paint giant murals. One guy made a a portrait of Kobe out of Rubik's Cubes. Like the reason why we do these things, whether we believe that there's a God who is concerned and present, or we believe that there's a God who's distant and doesn't care, or we don't believe there's a God at all, we have to wrestle and grapple with the reality that there is something bigger and transcendent about life. And we've seen that this week with the loss of Kobe Bryant and Gigi and the other seven passengers on that helicopter. And I do want to say of those seven passengers, it's important that I say and that I name that their lives are no less valuable, their loss no less tragic because they weren't famous. But that doesn't mean that it's inappropriate for any of us to have the large amount of grief that we have over the person we watch play basketball and be a family man to his family. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for contending for a better world with me. One conversation at a time. You guys will always be in my heart. And uh, I sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. No words can describe how I feel about you guys. And uh, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I, God, I love you guys. And uh, I love you guys. And uh, my family, to my family, my wife Vanessa, our daughters Natalia and Gianna, you know, thank you guys for all your sacrifice. You know, for all the hours I spent in the gym working and training, and Vanessa, you holding down the family the way that you have, I I, I can't, there's no way that I can thank you enough for that. So, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And uh, what can I say? Mamba out.